Welcome to the Well Women Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Peterson, and I'm incredibly honored you're tuning in today. This is a space where we explore health and wholeness from a kingdom perspective and believe wellness begins from a place of identity in Christ. I'm the host of Well Women Co. Podcast, author of Food Freedom, Stop Hiding and Uncover Who You're Meant to Be, wife and mom of one with one on the way. I overcame a decade of struggling with body image, insecurity, and a poor relationship with food. It was through a miraculous encounter and discovering and implementing practical health tactics that began and continued to transform my life from the inside out. Now I'm passionate about all things health and wholeness for women when it comes to her faith, her family, her body, and her calling. Wherever you are in your pursuit of wholeness, I believe there are divine solutions to help you become the well woman you are called to be. If you're like me, you hunger for substance, authenticity, and an end to the self-help fluff. You're looking for realistic lifestyle changes and an end to the wellness roller coaster of diet culture or popular opinion. Join me for a faith-filled, soul-nourishing conversations along with our special guest episodes where we share faith-fueled wisdom and practical tactics to take your health and healing journey to the next level from the inside out. Welcome to the Well Woman Co. Podcast, together seeking health from a kingdom perspective and becoming the well woman we're destined to be. This episode is sponsored by my latest book, Food Freedom, Stop Hiding and Uncover Who You're Meant to Be. I wrote this book after overcoming a secret, decade-long battle with disordered eating and lots of health challenges. This is a short, practical, and entertaining read that includes my personal testimony of food freedom and how you can experience total freedom in this area of your life as well, along with my four pillars of vibrant health an actionable, science-backed, Bible-based blueprint to remove the confusion that so often comes with diet culture and trying to nourish our bodies. You'll have the tools to take your health to the next level through faith-filled, practical steps wherever you are in your health and wellness journey, and uncover the confidence to model holistic wellness to your family and those around you. Say goodbye to fad diets and confusing health advice and breathe in the joy and new life that comes with pursuing our original design and a loving creator. Grab your copy today at wellwomenco.com or on Amazon. Well, welcome back to the Wellman Co. podcast. Today we are talking about a hot topic, i.e. fitness, and a very important topic that is not mentioned enough, in my opinion, about working out smarter and not harder. And I am excited to bring on my dear friend, Katie Fay. Hello. Made a name. Katie Faye, yeah. <laughs> Katie Faye to the podcast. And I have gotten to the privilege of knowing her personally. Um, I've watched her from afar and I've seen how she is walking out this lifestyle, not only for herself, but for her family of fitness and wellness that goes way beyond physique and way beyond protocols to like the heart of the matter. Why is working out important not only for our bodies and for our health, but for the bigger picture as well. And so I'm going to read a little bit about Katie and then we'll bring her on. Katie is a wife, mom, and personal trainer and nutrition coach through her business, Katie Faye Fitness. 
Katie specializes in empowering women with education and tools to love and live their healthiest lives. So Katie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Brooke. You are welcome. I'm so excited to be here. So we're going to dive in to the nitty gritty, but why don't you just give us a little update about you personally? Give us a little snapshot into the life of Katie currently. Right now? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, well, um, I have a one and a half year old. So a year and a half ago, I had Sweet Sage, who is so much fun right now. I love toddler stage. And so beautiful. And so, yes. Wow. She's so adorable. Um, so I've got a one and a half year old. Um, my husband, his name is Cody. We hang out a couple of times a week. <laughs> I see him often. And then I, yes, I have my personal training and nutrition coaching business. Um, so that also occupies my time. Um, another fun fact, um, as I've kind of gone through my nutrition journey, I've become very interested in farming. So day to day, I've been going to a farm that I've been volunteering at twice a week, which is kind of unique, but also so much fun. Love it. So why don't you share, um, you know, as we, before we dive into even more of the practicals and you mentioned the farming, which I'd love to talk a little bit more about later because you're someone who loves to learn. And I appreciate about that, about that, about you, you're just teachable and like how, how much can I learn? And there's sometimes a cost for that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like going to volunteer at a farm that isn't necessarily next door to you. But I think that clearly there's a deeper calling probably and purpose Hmm. around this for you than just appreciating health and wellness, you know, (laughs) nutrition. So um, before we get into the nitty gritty, let's talk about health, fitness, as it pertains to like the kingdom of God. Yeah. And how has and or what has he taught you as you've journeyed in this yourself about Hmm. connecting with him? bringing him glory because I feel like so often, especially as women, it's easy to compartmentalize. Mm -hmm. Like we have our spiritual faith life, but then I have my workout routine and like, how do I mix those? So how have you learned to do that with your clients and with yourself? Yeah. So it's really interesting because I feel like, um, so my journey started over 10 years ago with working out and initially it started like probably many of us do where it's like okay I've got a a physical goal I want to look you know a good uh, good in a bikini for a trip coming up or something right so you start working out and what I started to learn is the more that I worked out at that time it was just really working out and a little bit nutrition um the more that I focused on that, the more energy I had to pour into my relationships, the more I was able to focus less on myself. And so it's really evolved. But ultimately, one of the things, and I feel like this is something that we all can kind of take away from, but um, the more that I focused on my health and fitness, the less I focused on myself, which sounds really weird, but I wasn't so much concerned about how I looked because I was feeling really good. I was feeling energized. I was feeling strong. Um, one of the things that isn't often talked about, but comes with working out and um, just focusing on your health is the mental clarity mm-hmm. and like the um, desire to want to help others. And, um, and so I feel like that has really helped me um, just from a kingdom perspective the, to hmm. walk out what the Lord's calling for me so much easier you know Mm -hmm. I don't wake up tired so therefore I'm not dreading having to talk to the person in line at Target right (laughs) wow or I um over a nap time I don't feel like I need to nap myself and so therefore I can pour more energy into my clients or my friend relationships or I just feel like it's really given me so much more momentum when the Lord's calling me to do 
you know, what he calls me to do on a day-to-day basis. Um, and then to answer your other question, I feel like to, for me, it's always kind of been like working out has been an act of worship. Um, so simple things where like, I really enjoy listening to workout or worship music when I'm working out. Um, so like going for a run, like feels like worship to me. And I don't know if that has always been the case, but I've just kind of built that into my routine. So not only am I stewarding the body that the Lord gave me, but also like that's actually an act of worship time for me. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm so glad you found that perspective. It sounds like pretty early Mm -hmm. in your workout journey, Mm -hmm. would you say? Yeah. Because for me, it's the opposite. It's (laughs) like I started off all wrong, all the wrong motives. I wrote a whole book about my struggle. And so for me, I started at this place of insecurity, proving my worth, trying to find myself value through athletics, through being really physical. And it's been going on this journey with the Lord and healing my own identity and finding that in him that then it's been restored. Wow. Like now, yeah. absolutely, my physicality is connected with how I like to connect and engage with the Lord. A hundred percent. And I see the purpose now going way beyond looking a certain way into like, this is my body. Yeah. <laughs> I have one body. I have one life. And he's given all of us a call and a destiny. And if I am tied to blood pressure medication yeah. <laughs> or certain medications, if I am immobile in, you know, let's say 30 years, yeah. how well will I be able to actually complete the call of God in my life? Yeah. Because you need energy to do these things. Mm -hmm. It takes strength to like just get up and do life every day. Mm -hmm. And if we're struggling physically in our physical bodies, that will actually hinder. And that even sounds a little like, oh, to say, because you don't want to judge anyone else's journey. You know, everyone comes from a different place. They have different um, ideas about movement and uh, what's the word? preferences. Yeah. But I feel like it's an uncomfortable conversation that we as believers, we need to have more. Yeah. Because we have, like I said, one body, one life. Yeah. And how we steward it in a sense will dictate how well we run the race. Totally. And, you know, there's good and there's evil. Mm -hmm. The enemy is at work within other human beings, Mm -hmm. right? If we can be so bold to say that. And so I kind of see it as a literal battle. And I want to be strong to outrun the enemy. Absolutely. You know, physically, <clears throat> spiritually, and all these things. And so I'm just like, yes, I'm so glad you did not struggle <laughs> the yeah. way I did. And so people listening, everyone's coming from a different perspective. But, like, the goal here is viewing our bodies, like you're saying, as, like, this tool yeah. to do life and to steward so that the Lord actually can do to the fullness, right, of yeah. what he's called us to do. Yeah. So I love that. Um, so let's dive into you have one and a half year old, but you also were married two years ago? Yeah, two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. So essentially you got married and like pretty quickly there was a baby. Yes. In your household. Yes. <laughs> okay. So that changes a lot. Of, like getting married is one level, right, yes. of like new routine. You know, some people wait in the water and we just decided to cannonball. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So talk about that from a fitness perspective, because most women listening are either married or moms, or maybe they have a really busy work schedule. So how has this changed, you know, your 
hour-long gym session mentality (laughs) potentially to like literally just every day yeah yeah so yeah as you can imagine being a single person or even dating uh, we like you said gym sessions were very often two-ish plus hours and that was the norm and it was wonderful I really enjoyed it now fortunately I married to my husband we actually met at the gym um so he shares that same passion and interest to work out and eat healthy um, and care for our bodies. So when we got married, really a whole lot didn't change. We just maybe did it a little bit more together. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yes, then we had Sage and everything changed for the better, which was amazing. Um, so, yeah, so I feel like, um, I mean, there are so many takeaways that I can just say since having Sage. But the biggest things are... Um, constantly moving but not like in the gym setting so one thing that I needed to learn for myself after having her is I don't need to be in a gym that didn't equal um Hmm. a workout necessarily yeah you know like simply holding her all hours of the day like my (laughs) muscles were engaged right or walking around or um you know, just picking up different things as she got older, like picking up off the floor. So realizing, number one, that I didn't have to be in the gym to be getting a workout. Um, but the other piece is because it was it's like so important to my husband and I, we are also in the mindset, like, why can't this be important for our family too, you know? Mm-hmm. So we heavily prioritize doing activities that are more active and mo- mobile with Sage too. So even though we had her, once again, we haven't really brought her to the gym, but we've gone on so many walks together. We'll go on bike rides. We'll even, I have some fun videos of when she was really little, we would bring her to um, both our gyms where we work and she would just like hang out with her little play mat but we do our workouts right there. So wow. incorporating her into that part of our life and teaching her, you know, mom and dad don't have to have this, you know, workout that's an hour a day. It's it's actually part of what is important for all of us to be doing and mm-hmm. kind of build an environment around that. I love that. It's funny. I remember as you're saying that Haven when she was, you know, two or three. And at that time, I would I would leave in the morning to go to my gym and sometimes I do them at home and just like whipping up push ups. And I remember her just by herself, you know, a little two year old, two and a half year old doing push ups, you know, quote yeah, push ups, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, toddler style on the floor. And even to this day, you know, we go through seasons of having gym memberships. Obviously, it's been a little weird recently and working out at home, but it's just like it, they just are. It's part of the yeah. rhythm, part of the routine. And even now, as Haven's five, she's getting older. Sometimes that feels like an inconvenience to her. Mm. And so as much as we can, I love your perspective of we just do activities together. We're walking, we're biking. And so we do a lot of that with her yeah. because she enjoys that. But sometimes, like, you do need that focus. Like, I need to have some mobility training right now. Like I just need to work out my muscles and do some bicep curls and I can't really like help her do that. She can do it alongside me. But even now having these conversations, like this is important for mom's health. Yeah. Like I need time to strengthen my muscles because then I can care for you best and it's important for my health. So like the conversation never changes. And I love that even at a year and a half, you're engaging your child and eventually your other kids into this lifestyle it's so important and so let's talk a little bit about like practical so pre-kids um you were working out like how often what did that look like for you oh man every day 
In some capacity. Yeah. Obviously. Some days were a lot higher intensity. Some days were, you know, going for a walk and mobility stretching. But I would do something pretty much every single day. So. And for you, was that a lot of strength training? Was that more cardio? Mm -hmm. It was kind of a combo. So um, I would always start off with some sort of a cardio warm up. Most of it, like four to five days a week, was a heavy strength training set. So that was probably about an hour minimum. And then I would do some sort of, depending on the time I had, some sort of cardio afterwards and or stretching. Like I said, I had all the time in the world Mm -hmm. before. (laughs) You don't realize how much time you have before you have kids until you have kids. So true. (laughs) So yeah, it was kind of a combination. I would say heavy focus on strength training. And at that point, I mean, you're a trainer. So were you writing your own programs? Mm -hmm. Were you looking it up online? Mm -hmm. How are you getting your programs? So yes, I was a trainer. I... One of the fun things about being a trainer is you get to know other trainers. Mm -hmm. So it was a combination. I would write my own workouts in addition to working out with some of my other trainer friends and just sharing ideas, sharing programs, kind of, I mean, everything as we're learning is more or less like a giant experiment, Mm -hmm. right? You know, Mm -hmm. testing and seeing how we like things, adjusting as we need. And so, um, yeah, it was just kind of a combination of, of the two. Okay, so how, in that state, how did you feel physically? How did you feel about your body? Like, where were were you in that mindset? I felt really great. I felt really strong. I had lots of energy. I was, this is funny, I always, I also was sleeping very well. So that contributed a lot. We'll talk a little bit later just about the importance of recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, But I felt really good. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. Again, I feel like a lot of people, they can, and again, this is my, I'm like the bad case study. Like, don't do <laughs> what I did. Hey, we all have our own yeah, experience. Right. But I was like the workout, and this is even with a kid. I was a workout six day a week person, the boot wow. camp, like not sleeping well, waking up at 4.30 to pump and then go to the gym, like insane, a problem. Wow. <laughs> addiction. Like really, it boils down to like straight up addiction. Um, so I experienced like the overexercising, mm. which is stress, right? Especially on a female body. Yeah. So then it actually leads to further complications and not the muscle building, not the lean body mass. That was my whole goal. Yeah. But it sounds like you, even when you were working out really heavily, still prioritize the recovery, probably the nutrition. And so your body was able to handle mm-hmm. the high amount of mm-hmm. output you were giving. Yeah. Okay, so now contrast that to, like, what does your workout routine in general look like now? Oh, man. I'm a different person, Brooke. <laughs> Praise God. Me too. <laughs> right? Yeah. Thank God for growth. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my workout routine has changed quite a bit. Like I mentioned before, workouts to me now don't always equal in the gym, whereas before, it, to me, it felt like I needed to be in the gym. Um, so from a strength standing, strength workout standpoint, I am working out probably twice to three times a week. And when you say workout, what does that specify what that means? That's a 20 minute strength or weight based workout. Okay. It'll start off with a warm up just to get my heart rate up of about five minutes, whereas before we'll say before sage bs yeah oh, no i don't <laughs> yeah. want to say that <laughs> but before sage it was at least a 10 to 15 minute warm up warm up now it's about 5 minutes before my workouts were about 45 to an hour long and now it's about 20 minutes 
And then, like I said, I would end with some sort of stretching or cool down, which would very likely be at least another half an hour. And now it's the baby monitor is going off and I'm running to go get her. (laughs) And we're done here. But I will also say I'm doing a lot more, like I said, out of the gym, not strength training workouts now. So I'm going on walks almost every single day. Or we'll go on bike rides. I'm also chasing around a toddler. So factoring in going up and down the stairs 30 times um, also is a part of workout. So now give me the snapshot of like how you feel now in your body, like strength wise. How do you feel about your body with the contrast of working out a ton and now working out way scaled back? Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely feel different. I feel it on both sides of the spectrum. So physically, I don't feel like, like muscularly where before Sage, I was like, I could do five pull-ups, no problem. Right now, if I were to do a pull-up, maybe I could do one, maybe, or one or two. But the interesting thing is before, so this is maybe where we can have a little similarities, but I used to um, equate my, my strength as like a performance. So like, you know, I'd work out to see results. Whereas now I see my body, I still see my body as strong, but just not in the same way. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So whereas before five pull-ups equaled I was strong, now I am caring for a human being on top of myself, on top of a marriage, while also nurturing my body through exercise and nutrition. And I feel strong in that sense. hmm that's good. And and you do look amazing. Like, it's it's amazing. You have a one and a half year old. So talk about, just for those of us who are almost postpartum yeah. <laughs> or have kids, like, talk about that journey just to give us a snapshot of yeah. how was that yeah. after baby. We all know, like, that fourth trimester is like, okay, this is different. <laughs> like, how did that work out for you and how did you manage that? Yeah. It's funny you ask that. Um, I feel like I have a very non-popular viewpoint. Um, I think as a trainer, the expectation is, okay, after you get cleared after six weeks, like you're good to go work out again. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and my story is very much different. I worked out for the first time eight weeks postpartum and by workout, I mean like a strength training and my body wasn't ready. And I think the biggest thing that I learned in this process is truly listening to my body and listening to what I needed. And at that time, my body needed to rest. Mm-hmm. My body needed to recover, as you know, with a newborn mm-hmm. and pretty much any young individual, sleep is choppy and it's inconsistent. And that's truly one of the most important things that you can do to give your body is rest. Um so to be honest with you, Brooke, I probably didn't start lifting weights again until six months postpartum, mm-hmm. which is so countercultural, so counter what you would expect a trainer to be recommending. Now, that's not to say I didn't do things. I still did, you know, pelvic floor exercises. I still did um, core tightening exercises. But those were little things like if Sage was laying on the floor, I could lay next to her and very simply do in like five minutes. Yeah. It wasn't, I'm going to the gym or lifting weights or, you know, going on brisk runs or, so it's not to say I wasn't doing anything, but my expectation of what I would be doing 
was completely different mm-hmm. and I didn't even start doing what I thought I'd be doing until several several months after yeah it's so good and beautiful and as we're even diving into this I feel like we should have a whole nother <laughs> podcast about the postpartum time we should, yeah because I I was that again six weeks um, I remember, and I talk about this in my book, like six or seven weeks, I did a HIT workout. And I, I was sore from that workout than I was giving birth. Wow. Literally. And I had a natural birth, people. Really? <laughs> but my, and my body, so obviously my body's like way too much, but I was just so determined mm-hmm. to get back to whatever. And now I'm already thinking, you know, I'm only about halfway there, but I'm already thinking about this postpartum time and it looks mm. totally different wow, yeah. than what it did with my first. And it's circles around like, I need to prioritize rest, mm-hmm. need to prioritize nourishment. And even if it takes my body longer to quote, return to a similar shape or size, I am okay with that yeah. because that means internally things are aligning in a way that eventually will show externally. Yes. But if you focus on the external, Internal, then you get screwed up internally, and it's like this roller coaster. Yes, that so many of us find ourselves on. Okay, so Katie, as you, you know, six months into postpartum, you're starting to work out maybe more routined mm-hmm. or structured. So how did you, um, how did your body change with that? Like, how did you see? And everyone's different, right? <laughs> Everyone's body responds differently, but how did you see? that um, your body changed and strengthened as you started to work out and yeah. actually went about it a healing, nourishing way versus a, you know, restrictive Yeah, yeah. Way. So the interesting thing is prior to having a baby, I would think that my motivation would be I just want to work out again, right? Mm-hmm. And it actually was around the six-month mark where I started noticing I'd have lower back pain especially when Hmm. I was sleeping. And I learned that it had to do with just different nursing positions and sleeping in wonky positions. But the reason that I was feeling pain was because I didn't have the strength in my core Hmm. and my glutes that I once had. So I was like overcompensating and compromising different positions. So one of the reasons that I started working out and strength training again was so that I wasn't feeling pain. And so interestingly enough, as I started doing a little bit of strength training, I would sleep better at night and Hmm. I wouldn't be experiencing that lower back pain or like the side pain that I did before. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's, oh man, I want, I wish we could take your brain (laughs) and your perspective and give this as a gift to every woman, whether you are in the season of having kids or not, because it's so different, Katie. Mm. Like it's such a different perspective that you have for sure different than what seems to be blasted at us. Like the snapback culture, you know, um, I have friends on online who are having babies and I, I literally see them two or three days postpartum, like out, out on a walk. And they may have it might not have anything to do with fitness, right? But just, like, this idea of, like, you just get back. Like, life just keeps going. No, yeah. But your, your life isn't meant to keep going. You just went through a tremendous feat of birthing a child, and there is serious recovery. Absolutely. That goes beyond, like, the six-week magic mark. I yeah. don't even know where we got that from. Yeah, yeah. So I just want everyone to hear, like, again, whether you're pregnant or not, whether you even have kids or not, like, five to seven days working out a week to two or three days working out a week, like 20-ish minutes we're talking about, and you still feel awesome, you still look awesome, you have peace of mind, you have energy, like you're sleeping at night. Um, obviously, dependent on how you're one and a half year old is sleeping, <laughs> but generally, 
like you you have this energy and vitality and it's so beautiful so let's talk about a little bit of the practical so if someone's in a life season where they don't have two hours a day at the gym like give us just a, a general blueprint that anyone could kind of take and personalize to get started on this literally less is more perspective when it comes to working out yeah yeah like what kind of exercises to prioritize you know what does that look like at a gym outside of the gym etc yeah so I would say one of the most important things that you should start with is your core strength because all of our body movements incorporate core so I would say the first thing someone should do Actually, I'm going to go back and say the first thing before you do core, but is do different stretches. So especially for my moms or um, postpartum moms, um, holding your baby in that, you know, nursing position, Mm -hmm. naturally our shoulders are going to hunch over. So one of the things to go is, yes, our core, but also our shoulders and our posture. So even just stretching, reaching your arms up overhead and like grabbing a bar or grabbing a towel and pulling it apart, but opening up that chest um, is one thing. The second is get into deep lunges because we are often also sitting quite a bit. So our hips tighten up. If we're able to open up our chest and open up our hips from those positions, even if it's just, like I said, five minutes a day while baby's laying on the floor or you're changing the diaper, um, just doing something like that to start. So stretching out second would be core. So um, one of the things that I like to, I encourage all of my clients to do, it's called a posterior pelvic tilt. I will describe what that is. So if you're laying on your on the floor, on your back, your knees are bent. And if you were to slide your hand directly beneath your back, so it goes your stomach, your hand, the floor. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you were to push your belly button into your hand through to the floor, that's called the posterior pelvic tilt. So what you're doing is you're, imagine if you had a tail, it's like you're tucking your tail between your legs. What that's doing is that's actually strengthening your core, it's strengthening your glutes, and it's setting your body up for proper postural alignment. So as you strengthen that muscle, your posture throughout the entire day, whether you're driving in the car, whether you're walking around the house, you're laying in bed, you're sitting up, is going to be more aligned than not. So is this like doing reps of these posterior tilts? Is it like holding the position, the posture? Yep. So if you're laying on the floor and you want to hold it you can hold for as long as you can or you can do it for reps so laying down I like to shoot for 10 to 20 just depending on what you feel comfortable with and how much time you have and then I would rest and then repeat it a couple times if you've got more time do it more if you only have five minutes do it once or twice Mm -hmm. so with core is there any other like I mean what about the typical crunch what about planks yeah I mean what's your thoughts on that yeah yeah I mean, I think that at the end of the day, you don't want to overdo your core. Um, And by overdo, I mean a lot of times it's like, okay, let's do 20 crunches and then we'll flip over and do 20 second long plank and just overdo it. Is this for anyone? Yes. Yes. I would suggest you could do a couple things to get your core activated. But really, at the end of the day, if as long as you get your core activated, every movement that you do should incorporate core and therefore mm-hmm. will continue to train your core. Wow. Mm-hmm. So this is good news because some of us hate core. Yeah. <laughs> so again, like this is less is more. Absolutely. Less is more. Whether you are postpartum and you have a baby or not, you're saying like the intention is engaging your core, which 
take some intentional movement. Yeah. But then the rest of your workout should be naturally engaging your core where you don't have to spend like, uh, so do you ever have a, you know, you'll see people will say like arms and abs. You're like, I'm just doing a core day. Yeah. So you never have like just no. a core day. No. Okay. No more core days, people. <laughs> no more core days. <laughs> awesome. What, what other what other good news do you have for us? So <laughs> stretching, like mobility, core, what would be the next building block in the blueprint? Yeah, so I would say it ties into core, but it's also kind of individual, would be glutes. Okay, same thing. A lot of our movements, especially our lower body movements, um, stem from our glute strength. And so many of us, especially if we're sitting often throughout the day, have underactive glutes and therefore experience lower back pain or knee pain. Those are the two common pains that are associated with um, underactive or inactive glute muscles. So simple exercises you could do. Same thing if you're laying on your back on the floor and you have your knees bent, simply lifting your hips up towards the ceiling and just hold. Now you have to take a mental note and use that muscle mind connection and mm-hmm. think about squeezing your glutes. You can't just, you know, hang out with your hips in the air and have conversation. <laughs> but if you're intentional about doing those exercises, so simply lifting your hips up and down or holding, you can add a band around your knees for extra resistance, but that could be something that's super simple that you could do really quickly mm-hmm. anytime anywhere. Um, well, maybe not in the middle of Target, but, <laughs> you know, when you're at home. Get some questionable glances. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we have glutes. What else? Yeah. And then after that, I would say whatever muscle groups you're using the most often. Mm-hmm. So for me right now, my day-to-day outside of working is on the farm and hanging out with my toddler. And so I've learned that I need a lot of upper body strength. And so I've been focusing a lot more on strength training. Um, are you familiar with the term EPOC? Have you heard that before? Yes. You are? Okay. Yes, but you can explain it. Okay, great. So it stands for the amount of oxygen consumed post-exercise. Um, so I'll break it down for you. If you were to take two different kinds of workouts, you've got cardio and you've got strength training, mm-hmm. both you burn calories during yep. during. But your body only burns a certain amount of calories after each for each one. So for cardio, your body is going to continue to burn calories only for probably a couple of hours afterwards, and then it kind of stops. For strength training, your body is going to continue to burn calories 24 to sometimes 48 hours thereafter. So understanding no. efficiency, and we all only have a certain amount of time throughout the day to work out, I recommend a lot of us focus more of our time and attention on the strength aspect because A, we're building strength that helps mitigate pain and help us do daily activities better, but also um, we're burning more calories, which therefore results in our bodies working more efficiently without us actually having to to be working. Yeah. So that's a little side tangent, but that's why as I'm talking, most of what I'm talking about is strength-based stuff mm-hmm. versus going for a run or going for a bike ride, which I do do those things sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not the majority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're getting more bang for your buck Yeah. when you're strength training, and that's the science behind why it works. Yeah. It's not just like a fancy, you know, feel-good saying, like, work out less and get more results. It's actually science- if you do it correctly. So, you know, it sounds like stretching 
you know, some core, those things could probably be done minimally daily, would you say? I mean, just daily mobility movements along with, you know, your walking and just doing life. But how often, again, if we were to give someone a blueprint to just start with, how often would you say to start seeing some of those strength benefits to see some of those, um, you know, body composition improvements to start with, like two days, like you're saying, three days a week of actually intentional strength training. Yeah, yeah. So that's a magic question, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody's different, so it's really hard to gauge. And I would say, I mean, just as a baseline, start with every other day and see how your body feels. If after one day you work out and you're just completely drained, or your muscles are fatigued, or you know you don't feel that great, then maybe take a couple extra days in between and work up to every other day. I would say ideally, you should be able to do some stretching and mobility, and then maybe toss in like a 20 minute walk or something, just, just some extra mm-hmm. movement every single day. But I would start every other day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. Let's talk about recovery now. Yeah. So on the days that you are intentionally strength training, um, what you mentioned sleep earlier as like a key to, we know you build muscle in your sleep. We know that you detox in your sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so many things happen in your sleep, but along with that, what are some other just key components for recovery? Cause I think again, we'll take my bad, um, my bad scenario, my bad example, terrible recovery, just mm. undernourishment, not prioritizing sleep, um, just working out day in and day out, whether I was sore or not. So give us some of those building blocks for proper recovery to maximize the time that you do invest in strength training. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head with sleep. That's probably the most important thing. Um, so making sure you are getting adequate sleep and if you aren't, then spacing out your workouts, um, but also nutrition. So what we eat, we've learned, makes such a big difference in how we feel and how our body actually is able to function. And so for me, I've learned that, um, especially postpartum season, um, eating a lot of protein and limiting sugars, not to say all sugars are bad, um, but like more processed sugars. So eating as like from the earth, um, we used to have a saying where if it used to have a mother from the earth or have a name, or like eyeballs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's usually a go. Ultimately meaning trying to trying to avoid processed foods. Um, but I've learned that through that, my body's able to, like I'm less sore, I'm able to sleep better, um, and able to just feel better overall. And then kind of tied in with the nutrition, but is also hydration. And I think especially as postpartum moms, especially mm-hmm. if we're nursing, um, even if we aren't nursing, our body has gone through and lost and replaced so many fluids over mm-hmm. the last however many months, you know, raising a baby. And so making sure that we are adequately um, hydrated um, and not just straight water, but getting electrolytes also. I mean, I could go on and on. <laughs> right. Well, talk a little bit about that because okay. I'm in this process of learning too. Um, you know, going from like the one gallon of water a day, even if it's good filtered water and my perspective is sort of changing from like less quantity and more like quality. And so I'm adding, yeah, salts to my water, um, like different herbal teas, 
milk, right? Katie's <laughs> introduced me to this thing called raw milk. It's kind of changing my life. So talk about the importance of hydration. There's other ways that we can amp up our quality of liquids we're consuming. Does that include fresh juices? Like what's your perspective on yeah. that? Yeah, so I think that variety is key, and I think one of the things a lot of our waters is lacking is proper minerals. They have some minerals, but usually it's not what our bodies need. Um, Now, if you want to know exactly what you're lacking, obviously there's like blood work and tests that Mm -hmm. you can get done. But just generally speaking, um, like you mentioned, adding salt to our water, which you think like, okay, doesn't salt dehydrate us? In large quantities, it does, but actually salt is something that helps our bodies metabolize things a lot better. So adding salt, Hmm. um, adding some organic fruit juices. Talk about the kind of salt. Oh, salt, real salt. So I would recommend if if it's white, it's usually bad. (laughs) So a colored salt. So um, one of my personal favorites is just, it's called real salt. You Mm -hmm. can Google real salt. It's often found at co-ops or... Whole Foods might carry it. Otherwise, just like a Himalayan pink salt that you can grind or add into your... Have, have you heard drink. of Crucial 4? No. Yeah? No. So I've heard of Crucial 4, some other crunchy people that I listen to that like to research all this way deeper than I do. So Crucial 4, I currently purchase real salt as well. Yeah. Um, it's a great brand, but Crucial 4, as I'm learning, um, has kind of like the highest quality and quantity of minerals. Cool that you can kind of get in like a normal sea salt you can use for cooking and just salting your food as well so i'm gonna order that next time so maybe you want to check that out as well and maybe i'll link that in the show notes the real salt and the crucial it's called crucial four okay cool i'll have to check that out yeah yeah okay so we have the correct kind of salt in your water you mentioned juices yep Yep. So one of the other juices, it's not every juice, but I recommend like a coconut water. I guess Mm -hmm. it's not a juice, but coconut water because it's high in potassium. So Mm -hmm. that's another electrolyte that our bodies can use to thrive. Um, And then adding some sort of calcium too. So you mentioned milk. Um, That's a good form. I mean, some vegetables are high in calcium. So making sure obviously this is where hydration and nutrition kind of come hand in hand. Um, But I know that... um, there's different um, herbs that you can add, like you mentioned, teas. So there isn't really a one-size-fits-all perfect mm-hmm. combination. Um, what I like to do is I'll buy um, coconut water. I'll b- buy a fruit juice if I'm in the mood. Now, if you're buying fruit juices, I highly recommend that you get organic and that it's from with filtered water um, just because there are a lot of studies that link um, a lot of toxic metals in fruit juices. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get those and then just some salt and I'll make a little concoction and then add quite a bit of water to it. So it's kind mm-hmm. of a watered down juice drink, mm-hmm. but it's really good. Yeah, that's good. It's, this is, again, this is newer information for me. I feel like I'm always learning. And so this could be a huge key for someone listening who is stuck on this. Like I have to get my gallon in a day of mm-hmm. water. Well, maybe not actually, maybe your body's not able to utilize the, water that you're consuming and just adding some of these simple changes like a dash of juice in your water bottle you know like Mm -hmm. some coconut water in your mixed in with your water um can make a huge difference yeah for like you're saying recovery so um nutrition let's talk about what's your philosophy on pre post-workout nutrition and then we'll kind of end talking about just some general nutrition guidelines for women yeah 
So I'm not personally a huge fan on fasted workouts. So for those of you listening who don't know, fasted means you just work out on an empty stomach first thing in the morning. I think that our bodies need some sort of an energy source. Um, I I think that that's the healthiest way to approach um, some sort of exertion. And so for pre-workout, I would recommend a carb and protein combo. It doesn't have to be big, but probably within the hour of when you're going to work out. So if you're a morning worker outer, I would suggest, you know, maybe a banana and peanut butter, something real small. Um, Now, obviously, it's probably harder to get in a full hour in before you're going to work out if you like your sleep. Um, But even getting that in 20 to 30 minutes, it's more so based on your personal preference on you know, if you're going to have something jiggling around in your stomach when you're, mm-hmm. when you're running or whatever you're going to be doing, right? Getting something in beforehand. And then post-workout, I would recommend, same thing, a protein-carb combo um, within 30 to uh, 30 to 60 minutes afterwards. So kind of same window on the front end and the back end. Okay. Do you have um, thoughts about, you know, relying on a protein powder versus, you know, doing this with quote, real food, how have you navigated this and what do you see working best? Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately it's what works best for you. Mm -hmm. I'm a big advocate just for real food whenever possible, Mm -hmm. but I also recognize if you have to go to work afterwards that real food isn't necessarily the most convenient or a real option. So I think protein powders can work. Once again, I think focusing on the quality because it isn't necessarily in real form. Mm-hmm. So making sure it's a, an organic source. It's been third-party tested. You know that the ingredients that you're getting truly are what they say that they are mm-hmm. is really important. But other than that, I would say there's not a huge difference as far as how your performance is going to be impacted based on you know a protein powder or a good quality protein sure. powder or food. Yeah, I love that. That's something, again, in the last several months to year, I've been learning is thinking and really buying into, like, I need the BCAAs, like, I need the, you know, the post-workout shake, otherwise I wasted my workout. And learning that, yes, there there can be times to leverage those tools because of convenience in our world. But also, I I don't need them. Right, I don't need them for recovery. I don't. I don't need them to build muscle mass. I can learn how to use real food, and put these things together. And that mm-hmm. this is what I love. Even like going back, like backing up from a kingdom perspective. Like we have everything in our bodies we need to heal, to thrive, and God knew what to give us as far as nourishment and nutrition to um, help our bodies to feed us, to nourish us, to strengthen, to give us energy. Like, it's it's all here on the earth, and we don't have to try to, like, reinvent the wheel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> and sometimes it takes learning, and, it, and you've done so much investment in starting to understand, like, quality of food and how to put these things together. But I want those listening to start to, like, open up your mind and your perspective of, like, I don't have to follow the Instagram or influencers. Yeah supplement protocol to like experience vitality in my body yeah you don't need that um and again everyone's starting in a different place so as we kind of wrap up again this could be a whole other podcast episode about solely nutrition but i'd love if you would share with us your some of the things you're learning from literally working on a farm so like just give us a snapshot of 
what is this farm? Where is this farm? Um, and how has this started to change your paradigm of real food for yourself and your family? Yeah. So this farm is in Iceani, Minnesota. Um, so I'll wake up two mornings a week at 5 a.m. And it's like a real farmer, like legit a real farmer. farmer. I know. And guys, I want to also mention that two years ago, this wouldn't have ever been like on my radar. I'm total city girl. So this is 100% the Lord. And mm-hmm. I am so grateful for that. And I love it. I look forward to this. But wake up at five in the morning and I go do morning chores. Um, most of it is milking cows. So as Brooke mentioned, um, we do raw milk. And then we take care of some of the animals. So they have, like I said, cows. So milking like like the udders, like yeah. milking like well, old school? You get it started old school milking, but then they have a machine that you okay. hook up. Oh my gosh. But it's still, because it's raw milk, it's not pasteurized. Right? It's not heated. So you need to be really diligent about making sure everything's just spick and span, super yeah. clean. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a process, but mm-hmm. yeah, you hook the milk milker up to the udders. <laughs> You hang out. Sage comes with, and she loves it. She calls wow. calls her cows her cows. She's cow. <laughs> I love it. And then we pour it directly into the bulk tank. Wow. So, yeah. Um, and then we take care of the chickens. They have pigs. They have a garden. I help her garden. I mean, we're doing all things. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So how has this how has this changed? Like yeah. again, your perspective on nutrition because. I mean, I go to Costco and we get chicken and frozen mm-hmm. veggies. And I mean, again, we're learning and expanding beyond this as well. But this is so much of our world. Like we're so yeah. disconnected to the earth. Yeah. Um, so how has this changed your perspective and even on your own nourishment? You know, are you like calorie counting? Like how do you view food actually getting your hands dirty, literally, um, in this process rather than before? Yeah. Wow. I feel like I could talk so long about this. So, I, I mean, I feel like ultimately what, I, A, I feel a difference. So the eggs that I get on the farm are eggs that, like, I feel taste different than eggs I would buy in the store. The yolk color is so much richer. And so that tells me that the eggs that I'm getting on the farm have so many more, or sorry, the chickens have so many more nutrients available than chickens that maybe come from, I don't know, a different farm facility that would come in the grocery store, right? Um, so I feel different in how the, the food tastes. Um, I feel like, just generally speaking, I used to count calories and count labels and think about protein and all of your, your macronutrients. And I'm still aware of those now, but as I mentioned before, I'm trying to focus more on if it had a face, if it had a mother, if it's from mm-hmm. the earth, eating things without labels and eating things that I've done research so I understand the nutrient profiles, but that are coming straight from an animal or a vegetable or fruit source, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last thing is just being on the farm. You understand how much work goes into mm-hmm. raising animals, 
and raising a garden. And I think the big thing for me has been really to like savor and honor everything. Um, and that comes back, goes back to like, I really want to be a steward of this earth, even in the animals that I consume or the, the vegetables I consume. Mm -hmm. So not being wasteful is really important to me and really maximizing whatever season we're in, whether it's like eating locally, Mm -hmm. um, eating seasonally, and then also, like I said, just giving respects for the time and effort that it takes to do it and do it well. Yeah, that's yeah. so beautiful. I love it. And I hope I can find a farm to... We are. <laughs> we're, we're getting uh, raw milk from a farmer. They're not exactly local. It will take time to travel up there. But I think it's so important to bring Haven yeah. and exposing her like little Sage is already seeing like, this is where milk comes from. This mm-hmm. is how it actually... This is how the world works, really, but we're so unattached. So we talked about pre and post workout nutrition. Let's just hit on really quick for the women listening, because not everyone has access. Not everyone um, is just there yet, right, in in their their health journey. So give us like some general guidelines. And you sort of did just rehash of fueling our bodies, of nourishing our bodies as busy women. Yeah. So I think that making sure we're, we're receiving adequate protein Um, For me, and a lot of people, that equals meat source. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that there's a lot of people who aren't into eating meat, so you can get protein from a lot of vegetables, a lot of grains, a lot of um, beans, making sure you're getting adequate protein throughout the day. Is there like I mean, I've heard different numbers thrown out there, um, something to shoot for, and everyone's individual. I would say shoot for whatever your body weight is, one gram per body weight so just for the sake of even numbers if you weigh 100 pounds shooting for 100 grams of protein now not everybody understands grams to actual like what does that look like if I have a you know two eggs on my plate mm-hmm. um so that's where you know a, per, a personal trainer or nutrition coach could come in handy to help mm-hmm. give you an understanding of you know how you can get adequate protein but that's Generally, what I would suggest is okay. a pound per or a gram per Which, pound. again, is for most women that even I've worked with is they are not getting anywhere close to that. No. no. So <laughs> it's a good benchmark. Again, and if I would say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but if you say start to sort of generally track just to get a snapshot of what am I even consuming, mm-hmm. um, and say you're 150 pounds and you're getting like, 60 grams of protein. Okay, well, the next day, don't try to get 150 grams of protein, right? Yeah. Like, let's, you need to incrementally increase, but like, just understanding that, okay, um, this macronutrient, which is extremely important for so many reasons, we don't have time to talk about in my body, and I'm going to focus on that. Like, maybe that's your one takeaway from this podcast. I need to focus intentionally on increasing my protein. Yeah. And so, how can I add like an extra egg to my breakfast or collagen in my coffee you know like starting to be intentional okay so we have protein from clean sources what else would you say yes vegetables vegetables improve i mean they help with mental clarity they help a lot with digestion i know especially for postpartum everything's kind of wonky inside Mm -hmm. of you for a little while um so regulating things plus it's just they have so many nutrients um so once again vegetables organic vegetables would be the big thing. Any other just like general guidelines that you would say for women or the people, the women that you work with for nutrition? Mm-hmm. Those are the big ones. Okay. 
And you mentioned, I just want to throw this tangent in there. You mentioned, you know, like real food, right? And limiting processed food. And that sometimes I think for people can be confusing because so much of our food is processed. Yeah. But really breaking it down of like, okay, processed food means like vegetable oils, yeah. seed oils, yeah. and fake sugars. Yes. So um, I have this thing in, in a program I created called the, the Big Three Swaps. And it's swapping like processed grains, processed fats, and processed sugars cool. for like real ones. And so this is tricky too because you know, when we talk about real food like um, vegetable oil, corn oil, those aren't actually, it's not real food. Like it's, it's literally created in and, a lab. In, in, a, in a lab, um, yeah. in like a scientific experiment. It's not real food. Yes. And so I feel like if we could stick to those principles, and it is in everything. Like, everything. I still sometimes will buy something. I'm like, ooh, yeah, there's some there's some corn oil in there or whatever. It's just it's so sneaky. Yeah. But starting to be diligent about, yeah, reading the labels. A lot of food, any food that doesn't have labels is probably awesome. But that could be a huge game changer um, in someone's health is just starting to reduce that alone for yourself and your family. You don't have to be perfect right right away. Like there's a learning curve, but you will notice it in your health, your skin. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. And I think one, one last thing I want to throw out there too is have so much grace for yourself because this is a journey and I'm still, I mean, I'm 10 years in and I'm still learning and adjusting and changing. So give yourself grace and patience and know that it's not going to happen overnight and that's okay. Um, But to love yourself, love that you want to get better, love that you're wanting to make a difference and then surround yourself with the support team that is necessary, whether that's, you know, friends that are on the similar, similar journey or hiring someone or even just following certain accounts on either Facebook or Instagram or podcasts, just get the encouragement that you want to get towards whatever goal you're working towards in and around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's a great way to end (laughs) is like, this is so a journey. And, you know, even myself in the last 12 months have learned so much. And, befriending you and getting around you and some of our other friends I'm like oh my goodness this is a whole other world and so there's a part of it's like the more you know the more you know you don't know but that that's where again like that's where the faith thing comes in because we have to say lord I'm doing the best I can I'm I'm stewarding what you've given me how I know and just like our relationship with the lord there's no end well it's like our health like there's really no end in how we can continue to just pursue wellness mm-hmm. in the different areas of our lives. So it is, it's a step-by-step and you might see someone who feels like, you know, a mile down the road ahead of you and you're a mile back and you can just say, well, look at them. Isn't that awesome? Good for them. Look at how much they've learned. What can I learn from them? Yeah. And what's one thing I can do now to implement? And so I feel like from our conversation, there's so many takeaways of literally working out less and getting similar slash same results, like mm-hmm. focusing on food quality, focusing on proper hydration versus just guzzling water all day long. So there's sleep. Like there's so many nuggets that we talked about where someone can say, okay, I'm not all the way there, but I can start with this one thing. Yeah. So is there anything else that you'd like to say to the listeners as far as a takeaway or? Yeah. Like I said, I just, I think that 
the fact that you care and are wanting to make adjustments um, is the biggest thing. And so surround yourself with the people that can help you get there if you don't feel empowered or um, capable of doing it on your own. Yeah, I love that. So Katie, um, I know you're in kind of a transitional place with your business and doing a lot of things behind the scenes, but how can people get in contact with you and learn from you? Yeah. So um, for those that are on Instagram, um, you can follow me at Katie Faye Fitness. Otherwise, um, I do still access and work with clients through emails. So you can send me an email at Katie Faye, F-A-Y-E Fitness at gmail.com. Awesome. We'll have those uh, in the show notes for our listeners. Thanks again so much for coming by Thanks, in person yeah. to have this conversation. Uh, there's so much more to share, but I really appreciate who you are and how you've shared today. Thanks, Brooke.